We live. Live, 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 live. That's the fun part about it is the spontaneousness of it. Like, you could, you can, like, you know the time. It kind of feels a little bit more like a viewer experience where, like, Mm. the countdown is for everyone, including me. You have new glasses on. I do, yeah. What happened? Uh. (laughs) Explain yourself. I just uh, need an update. And uh, oh, you updated the look. Yeah. Wow. I look like an old man now. I don't mind it. I've been there before. More mature, you know? I've been there before, and uh, myself, I got, I got uh, no shortage of gray beard hairs, letting the world know exactly what's going on. We talked about it before many uh-huh. times on this show. Yeah. Uh, you and I are not afraid of age. We embrace it. Uh huh. We yeah. embrace it. We love it. We wear it. Experience. Um, yeah, it's been a bit of a mad scramble this morning. I have been, I was messing around with some audio back there for, uh, the main show. And you know how that can go. That can get out of hand real quick. I can get nuanced and that can get, uh, well, you know. It's your, uh, audio, um, obsession. I can, you know what? It's like, it can really get carried away is all I'm saying. Mm -hmm. That's all I'm going to say about that. And plus Mo gave me this puzzle here which i'm goofing around with and uh yeah so that's pretty cool it's one of these little somebody's gonna tell me how to solve it now don't tell me how to solve it i want to experience it a lot of stuff going on a lot of stuff happening i know i submitted some stories today i don't know if you took a look at them Uh uh-huh yeah they're in there so i submitted some stories to will hopefully you guys did too uh i hope that you guys were chatting uh, in the pre-show making suggestions and so forth because mr will he's just like he's in there and he's paying attention and he's got his ear to the street and he's got his he's got an axe to grind uh-huh that's a funny kind of saying isn't it because you would grind an axe because you need to sharpen it but then when they say he's got an axe to grind it's like he's got a problem to discuss uh-huh so that's kind of and the axe to solve the problem mm. by chopping the problem you grind the axe and then you swing it uh-huh grind and swing type activity yeah uh this is your top story will interesting yeah what do you think uh not uh, not the z fold 5 with the with the updated hinge but instead the apple card responsible for more than 1 billion in losses for goldman sachs apple's next biggest failure dear next great fail it's like you have the air power and then you have the apple card Uh goldman sachs submitted a regulatory filing today from its platform solutions group of businesses that include the apple card the collection of consumer offerings from goldman is on track for a loss of four billion since 2020 with apple card making up more than one billion of that New performance details from Goldman's Platform Solutions. A grim picture in just the first nine months of 2022. The business, including Apple Card, saw pre-tax loss, pre-tax loss of 1.2 billion. Well, what's the problem with it? Stemmed from it. However, sources close to the matter believe that most of the 1 billion loss in 2021 came from the Apple Card. Um, well, what? Like, what? What is the loss? People aren't paying. People don't pay. Is that what's going on here, or is it marketing? Getting 
getting a look into the challenging economics of launching a credit card could definitely explain why Apple hasn't expanded the product in more than three years since it debuted. Loan loss provisions. When a bank sets aside money as an expense for, the, for future loans, it expects won't be repaid. So were they being too risky about who they were granting the card to? Mm-hmm. Or is this and they per- won't be able to pay it off? Is this particular customer uh, exceptional or compared to the rest of the credit business? Or is it macro where it's like a lot of people, like is the credit card business suffering right now where people aren't repaying because of other issues and forces at play? There you go. The credit card market is stiff with competition. While Apple definitely has a leg up with the iPhone software integration, they got the daily cash back. It was an odd relationship in the first place. I know a lot of people looked at it sideways. They said, should Apple be in this business at all? Is this really their line of work or area of expertise? And then obviously comes in the Goldman partnership. So they're like, well, maybe that's not our thing. We'll do the tech side. They do this side. It's hard to tell. A uh, billion dollars is a lot of money, Will. Mm-hmm. I'll give you that. A billion dollars is, is, is a ton of money for almost everybody but Apple or Goldman. They're like, eh, whatever. A little tax write-off here and there, a billion bucks between pals. What's the big deal? But I guess it does showcase, like, they haven't talked about the Apple card very much anymore. hasn't shown up in any other uh, events. They weren't bragging about it as they do when they when they launch things that are tremendously successful. Mm-hmm. So I don't know about the future for the Apple card. Maybe people can weigh in on it. Do you have one of these things? Does your friend have one of these things? Is uh, is it all it's cracked up to be? You got to really be an Apple fan. See, that's the thing as well. Like a lot of the rewards programs on credit cards in general are a little bit more versatile or diverse in their offerings. This one is so focused on a singular brand mm-hmm. that you got to be quite a super fan to be into it mm-hmm. and to pay it back. Yeah, I hope everybody finds a way to pay or not i don't know do what that's you a gotta, lot of money do what you gotta do is to, i guess it's, i guess it's tough economic times out there dude i'm sure you've seen the news i'm sure you're out there in the world well yeah you don't have one of those cards do you no you always pay your stuff all. on time don't you sure he shrugs he's like mm, yeah hey, here and there i owe a billion dollars <laughs> <laughs> the willy card yeah yeah yeah, billion in losses. To access the Willie store. You're like, you're like, why isn't any, why isn't anybody paying me back? Yeah, come it's on like, now. They're like, well, it's because you got no, uh, you got no muscle, you got no uh, enforcers. Mm-hmm. Why are you gonna get paid back, Will? All I got is Otis. That's it. And Otis, well, he's not not the most ferocious of canines. Uh-huh, yeah. It's mostly friendly. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Although if he gets rubbed the wrong way, I'll tell you what. Yeah. He'll. Uh, you don't want to rub him. In, in any way, right or wrong. No. I notice you're a busy guy over there today with the phone uh, going left. Yeah, I don't know if yeah. FedEx is calling me. Oh, sure, bud. It's a lot. I'm sure it's FedEx. Yeah. India's Desi OS plan for mobile phones may give Google, Apple a major headache. Not a run for their money, but just a major headache. Not stiff competition, a major headache. The project touted as IndOS is an initiative of the government startups and academia to move the move is intended to counter google and apple's dominance in india's mobile operating system market well that doesn't quite sound like a free market at that point doesn't Mm. that influence that in a certain way considering who's funding it i know there has been concern of like too much 
power on the side of foreign corporations. And this has been discussed not just in India, but almost everywhere where they would say, uh, hey, we don't want those antenna or the, that network uh, infrastructure being installed by a foreign power. What if it reaches into operating systems or applications? I mean, we've already seen some reluctance around ByteDance and TikTok in mm -hmm. India. And they said, no, thanks. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you had homegrown applications start to pop up. Uh, so why don't you go all the way down to the OS? Now, considering the government has power here to fund it, do they have power to subsidize it? Do they have power to make it extremely attractive? That's going to be tough because you're up against some major players that are doing one hell of a job at the moment. The move is intended to counter the dominance of Google and Apple in India's mobile operating system market. The Business Standard reported January 16th, citing top government officials. The Indian phone market is enormous, obviously, uh, expected to, to generate RS 2.4 trillion by 2026. Wow. It should be noted that Google's Android accounts for over 97% of the share in India. Wow. You got to take a deep breath on that one. Mm -hmm. 97%. Um, India is one of the largest mobile device markets in the globe. Our objective is to create a secure Indian. See, they're going to go the security route. Secure Indian operating system that could also create choices and competition for Android's dominance. And you never know, like iOS might come take a crack and take a piece of it. It's obviously there. And if they can bring the right products to market now that they're doing some manufacturing, they're avoiding some of the tariffs that were previously there. Mm -hmm. Maybe they can get more competitive and chew up some of that market share as well. But you want to talk about dominance, 97% market share. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, obviously, Alphabet won't like this very much. They, uh, they're they probably going to fight it however possible, I would assume. Google has so far said the CCI decision will force it to change its longstanding business model and it will make smartphones more expensive, harm the internet, increase risks of privacy, and increase the cost of app. I mean, everything going, everything will go wrong mm. if you do this to us. They're, they're like, you don't want us out. It's kind of like, what is that bill here in Canada? C, wasn't it? C11. Yeah, And and Google kind of had the similar approach to that where they were saying the Internet can't really operate this way. Mm -hmm. They're saying you're, you're not doing all the math here. They're saying there could be unintended consequences of this decision, mm -hmm. particularly if you have a 97 percent installed user base. People depend on these devices. These are utilities for them. Mm -hmm. Half of all iPhones could be made in India by 2027. Half, 50 percent. Chinese suppliers already feeling effects is this is one of those things that was accelerated, obviously, by the uh, global scenario in 2019, 2020, 2021. Jeez, man, 2022. Tw what are we, 2023? It's just like shocking sometimes you do the math on how long. It's such a mind fog of quarantine and whatever that was. Feels like it's like two, three years. So crazy. Blackout. Anyway, well, it affected China substantially, and it obviously affected uh, the ability for Apple to pump out smartphones. A new report suggested up to half of iPhones could be made in India by 2027. Chinese report says that local suppliers are already feeling the effects of Apple's efforts to move production out of the country, with Vietnam also benefiting. We knew about that. Talked about that. Uh, there's been warning for many years because. It's a lot of dependence on one particular nation, one particular workforce, one particular government. 
if you're depending on all your devices to come from there. Now, these negotiations, you can imagine, would be very complicated mm. as you're trying to still leverage the work that you're having done there while you're still expanding your operations elsewhere in the likes of Vietnam and India. A lot of their hand in India was, was, was persuaded by the government and the removal of tariffs and things like that, other advantages to moving some production over there. And I guess they're probably somewhat satisfied if the new report says, oh, no, we're going to do 50%. In the early testing phase, it was like just domestic phones for the Indian market. That's what we're going to sell first. Mm -hmm. And then you're talking about 50%. Then you're obviously talking about export at that point. Mm -hmm. Bloomberg research shows that currently just 2% of Apple's supplier facilities are located in India, putting it in eighth place behind the U.S., China, Japan, Germany, the U.K., Taiwan, France, and South Korea. But the pace of change is already significant. South China Morning Post reports on the analyst forecast. India may produce one in two of the world's iPhones by 2027, compared with the current less than 5%. This is a very, very aggressive forecast, and it's more than J.P. Morgan's prediction of 25% by 2025. Well, you have a tremendous workforce, Will, that you can put into action. And if things... If, if if the signs are pointing at success with the workforce that's currently there, you might be thinking, hey, we can just hit the multiplier on that. And maybe there's other uh, incentives and advantages that we're not even privy to or aware of. No tariffs or taxes. Well, that's for those domestic phones, but yeah. I just mean cost of production in general. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're getting a better deal. Maybe they're seeing profit margins increase. Right. Maybe there's other aggressive incentives in place. Either way, I can't say I'm all that surprised. I sort of saw it coming, which is one of the reasons that we had been reporting on that subject since the very first iPhone was produced in mm -hmm. India for that market, even when it was like an older SE or whatever it happened to be. Yeah. Tesla's used car prices are in free fall, but Elon Musk is not chiefly to, to blame, according to YouTube star. They're talking about Doug DeMiro. He put out a video, Doug, uh, talking about his speculation around Tesla car prices, we on our last episode put out um, a little chart analysis of Apple's new car prices, right? Mm -hmm. And you might assume, listen, if you're ever going to put down, if you're going to drop the prices of the new version of your vehicle, it might also impact the used market. Yeah. So I feel like that has is, is partly to blame, but Doug has... Actually, one more speculation, uh, which is that the uh, rise in interest rates in the U.S. has had an effect. So he's going bigger picture, suggesting that the typical Tesla buyer. And by the way, he has a specific insight because of his cars and bids website. Mm -hmm. He's constantly tracking sales from month to month for for different models of, of vehicles. And so. The drop and the decline that he's suggesting here is relative to like one month ago. So it's all really recent. Mm -hmm. And in conjunction with Tesla dropping the prices on their new vehicles. So there's probably a series of factors in here. But he decides to focus on a Model 3 performance from one month to the next. Showcasing how within a month you have almost a $10,000 decrease in the price of the vehicle. Even though... The red one, which is the more recent listing, actually has fewer kilometers on it. Mm -hmm. Right? What is that one? And it's a later year. So that's 36. What is it? I, I can't see because the playhead is there. But 
uh, 26,900, not kilometer, miles. So just under 27,000 miles. And uh, the the newer one, only 3,700 miles. So a huge difference in actual usage on the used vehicle and yet a significantly lower price. And actually, this auction didn't sell because I think the reserve price was higher than the highest bid mm. at 48000 Are people feeling the pinch? Are people feeling the pain? And can we use Teslas as a means for evaluating that? Listen, we can go ahead and speculate. It could be a lot of things. As uh, Teslas have become less scarce, right? Mm. They've been easier to get. To order, you can just say, uh, you know what, I'll, I'll just get it when I get it, as opposed to there was a time where they felt so scarce that you were lucky to have one. Mm. And whatever shortages exist existed influenced the used market as well in terms of volume. So you had fewer to choose from. If you're pumping out more cars, then presumably more of them are also going to pop up in the used market. But anyway, Doug has, a, has his analysis, which has to do with the typical type of Tesla buyer his speculation, uh, possibly an individual that might even work in the mortgage business, might even work in real estate. Mm. And obviously high interest rates are not going to help them out very much. So pretty cool little speculation over there. I know the Tesla investor types, guys like Mo like to keep up on stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Know what they should do. Double down. Is there value or is it time to run run for the hills? Mm-hmm. Samsung Galaxy S23 prices just leaked for every model. And guess what? It's bad news for the Ultra. Did we do, we did a video recently talking about, was it iPhone prices? It's, it's interesting right now when you talk about pricing because you have companies like Tesla that have cutting edge uh, vehicles, right? And they're, like at, I would say at the fringe of technology, and it's not often you see prices going down. Hmm. So that offers you this key indication into the overall marketplace. And then will that, your speculation, you start to wonder, will that bleed into things like smartphones and sure. other consumer goods? Because the price of smartphones has just been skyrocketing, really. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that long ago that things were 500 bucks, now they're 1500 mm-hmm. uh, I'm talking... Uh, CAD, although you can probably spec out an S23 Ultra in USD probably to around that range. Mm. But people are wondering, can can the prices on smartphones keep going up or are smartphone companies going to behave more like Tesla? Well, it looks like in this case, every single S23 will be priced the same as its equivalent for S22. This uh, tweet and price leak comes via RG Clouds on Twitter. Uh, it's a very simple tweet with the different specifications and price points associated. So the base entry model S23 will be 799. That's with eight gigs of RAM, 128 storage. Your next one up is going to be 850 at eight gigs of RAM, 256. And then as you get into the plus model of S23, you go to 999, and that's with the 128. 256 there takes you to 1049, and the baseline Ultra with only eight gigs RAM only. And 256 storage, 1249. The biggest price increase is actually at the top, top tier unit. 12 gigs RAM, uh, one terabyte storage, $1,500 USD. Wow. That's almost too Exclusive grand, colors and one TB delivery will be late. 
for two two to six weeks max, 18 days to go until launch. So not only that, but you're probably going to have to wait mm. for that one terabyte model if you do want to spend all that cash. You do not want to do the Canadian conversion on that right now, Will, because I know you're eyeing it up uh-huh. and down. I'm, I, that's going to be a scary amount for you, USD to, to CAD. Two Gs, baby. Crack that two Gs. That's a laptop. That's a slap chop. That's a mortgage payment. That's a five car payments. What is that, Will? Two Gs for an S23 Ultra. I mean, that's close to a Fold too, right? Fold is what, 2,500 CAD? Yeah, around there. I mean, it was. Who knows for the next model, right? Like anything can happen at this point in time. It's just, I think this is an indication to me that smartphone companies will not be adjusting yet. They're going to wait and see, can we sell a few of these? We like our margins. Leave us alone. Prices are going to stay the same or go up. Samsung's always a really big launch, so that could... Uh, that could indicate what the rest of the market sure. might do as well. Uh, can you imagine like Apple dropping the price on a fifth, like on a fifteen mm-hmm. Pro Max? It's just, I, it might be unprecedented. It yeah. would be cool because they could be the market leaders for, it, you know, what? But there's the perception of premiumness yeah. to it. Like yeah. that's another thing with Tesla. Tesla dropping the prices, and they were included in the luxury list when we were talking about top yeah. luxury brands. It's another thing you wouldn't kind of connect with luxury but what about their os's i know phones are different but remember when they said uh, their os is free you know then you have to who? pay for it who are you talking about mac os apple oh you're talking about laptops now well sure. because because android is i mean free. it's software yeah, android is free on your pixel the fact that it's free i mean it's it's a precedence yeah but tesla is software too sure you know that doesn't mean they can't listen they have to go where the marketplace goes if they're not moving units they've got to make an adjustment mm-hmm. there's no they need to make sales so ultimately the buyer decides if if you guys out there in this audience if you guys decide that you're not going to buy galaxy s23 ultras then guess what they may think or have to adjust mm-hmm. about, uh, their price and that goes for all the whole s23 lineup and it goes for teslas and it goes for everything else the, the market to an extent can have influence here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Samsung Galaxy Z Fold 5 may finally get the crease right. Now, this was exciting to me because I have been a fan of the folding devices. And I, so I probably over the last three years have had in my pocket a folding phone, maybe more so than any other phone. Uh-huh. It's gone on and on for extended periods of time including every samsung model and i really wanted to use the oppo find n but the software was letting me down because i couldn't get rid of certain regional elements that were very obtrusive and it was just a headache kind of workaround to even try to make it work on the networks over here but they nailed the crease situation they did mechanically like the thing folded much flatter and then in its unfolded state this the crease was far less visible now they also went with a different form factor which i was a little bit uh skeptical like i didn't i wasn't decided on which was the more optimal form factor but certainly the way that they implemented the hinge and the lack of a crease was pretty amazing Mm. and i wanted to see hey can samsung follow up can samsung compete with this new construction over here are they paying attention do they care is there some other reason now 
Speculation is the, the reason that they've delayed is because they've wanted to protect IPX8 water resistance. And for some reason, there is a limitation there from a construction perspective if you want to maintain a certain sure. level of durability. But apparently they may figure this out for the next generation, the Z Fold 5, that they can maintain their uh, weather resistance and at the same time get that truly flat folding sandwich without a wedge type shape to it. And then that what that's also going to do is achieve the more taut folded display when it's actually in its unfolded state. Now, what's funny is that this particular patent application, I believe is what it is, was originally patented by Samsung in 2016, a Samsung pat patent from 2016. Now imagine that, Will. I want you to try to remember 2016. Mm. We weren't, the foldable stuff wasn't, it goes to show you how far in advance these companies need to be thinking about future technologies mm -hmm. a decade into the future. Mm -hmm. It's pretty amazing stuff. Um, anyway, yeah, so he, Samsung probably waited because of water resistance rating, durability after all the very first generation of z fold it, it had its durability questions mm -hmm. and people have been testing it out and and having issues with it and dust and dirt and particles and whatever else so if they do it they may want to do it right it's quite possible mm -hmm. i'm looking forward to it i'll definitely take a crack at the z fold five right. i'll tell you that right now exciting this was all over my Twitter yesterday. Sony is back with an unexpected product. Or, well, un I mean, not unexpected for those that are into it, but certainly not as mainstream as it used to be. I'm talking about the Walkman. Uh, I've always been a fan of Sony, and I feel like Sony kind of started the pocket electronics mm. in, in terms of the Walkman. I even had a mini disc player at one time. But the idea of a portable electronic, you can kind of put probably the Walkman and the Game Boy as the early phase of what that is. And now, obviously, so many of our electronics and technology products are in our pockets mm -hmm. or in a bag or they go with us places, batteries and so forth. Well, the reason that this was all over Twitter yesterday is that they've launched a new high-resolution Walkman with a far more affordable price, and people seem to love the design of it. Although I think this article doesn't do an amazing job of showing the image. Oh, there we go. Okay. So people are loving the design. You have some tactile mm -hmm. buttons. Uh, you have uh, sort of a lack of a massive bezel on the front edge. You have a little texture and grip on the back of it. It's like a whole different science fiction future than what we see with a lot of other electronics brands where they're kind of trying to get rid of all buttons. This one's yeah. like, no, we're going to give you some tactile buttons. It's nice on one side. It kind of has that cassette-like feel. It does. All the buttons on one side. It does. So that you're when you're holding it, you can kind of instinctively reach the commonly used buttons without even thinking oh. about it, without interacting with an interface at all. Now, the reason you might be thinking, why are people even buying these? Okay, so these are are playing like high resolution audio, PCM forty uh, PCM format audio, twenty four bit, ninety six kilohertz resolution. So this is for the audiophile types. It's for the aficionados. Can you hear the difference? Can you not? Well, listen, that's completely up to you. Um, but for those that are looking for something like this, also probably some nostalgic folks. This is more affordable than some of the other high-resolution players they've put out recently, up mm -hmm. to like 
four thousand dollars. Actually, if you go back to the article, I think there's a link. The signature series. See where there's a link that says signature series. Check these. This is the stuff they've put out like as recent as last year. I think that thing's four thousand dollars. Oh, the gold plated whatever <laughs> comes packaged in a 99.99% purity gold plated oxygen free copper chassis i don't think you need that but i don't know how heavy your nostalgia is this one on the other hand is going to be around 350 bucks if you listen to a tremendous amount of music and you take it very seriously maybe you look at something like this and then the beauty of it as well having a separate device and having wired connections and I don't, it's again, it's niche now. It's not for, it's not going to be in everybody's pocket, but you're getting like an extra 30 hours of listening. And maybe you don't want to completely deplete your phone. Maybe you use it on the airplane. For, I don't know. Well, it's up to you. You might, whatever you appreciate. It's like people, like, it's like people buying really fine cameras as well mm. to a certain extent. Where you could just say, take the photo on your smartphone, it's fine. It's not the way people listen. But then some people, they listen to Spotify or whatever, and they're like, and, and it doesn't, you know, they wish there was more to it. They feel that they're, they're lacking. They have a really, uh, they're, maybe they're used to a hi-fi system, high-res files. Mm-hmm. And you pair it with their uh, really great headphones. That's something then. Yeah, that might be something, Will. Fair enough. PlayStation is locking one of its most requested features behind PS Plus subscription. People typically don't do well with the paywall. Mm. Any type of paywall. They're like, what? Subscription for that? But gaming in general has been moving a lot more in this direction. Just yesterday, uh, my kid is playing Overwatch. He's just like destroying everything. He's just dominating. And he's like, I got to get this battle pass. And I'm like, for what? For what? It, they just they keep they keep working it in, promoting yeah. it, and it's not. It's like, well, you, you feel like an outsider. Uh huh. I would say for Overwatch, you can't play a certain character um, until oh. you unlock. Oh, you're the pissed. Battle pass. You're pissed. You're pissed. It's like, come on now. Yeah. Well, listen. Yeah. He's pissed. You're pissed. Everybody's pissed. But this is the future of gaming, it sure. appears. And to, to a lesser extent with some games, to a greater extent with, with others. Uh, anyways, in, in this case here, it's actually going to be some, some titles that come with tiers and bundles. And it's going to get – it could. This is speculation, but it could get complicated. Essential uh, – does everything that PlayStation Plus used to do. Extra is what gives you access to the game catalog. And then Premium will put all the perks of the previous two tiers as well as exclusive goodies like game trials, cloud streaming, and classics catalog. So this, but this is increasingly what's happening. It's not just like one service. Yeah, it's very complicated. It's, it's always complicated to get you paying more. And they're like, but if, but wait, there's more. Uh-huh. For only another $6, you'll unlock this, and then you'll unlock that. I would imagine if it's so complicated, someone would be like, uh, screw it, I'm just going to get the top. So I don't have to worry about anything. A scoop from Insider Gaming suggests that one of the most anticipated features for the PS5 will only be available for those forking out for the highest PlayStation Plus tier. Of course. Which I believe is going to be Discord. They're adding Discord to it. Scroll down a little bit further. March's update for the PlayStation will roll out the sorely required Discord integration on the console and introduce cloud streaming of PS5 games. 
And but however, if you don't have the premium tier of PlayStation Plus, then you might not get those functions. It could be only streaming of PS4 games instead of PS5 games. It could be an out an outcry. It could be uh, an up an uproar and an outcry. Uh, it is getting complicated, isn't it? These days, good lord. And if it's a kid and the parent is looking at it, and the kid's just like. Give me the best one, and you're just like, all right, I don't, I don't even want to read all the specifics. And get the Xbox one too. I don't want to read Steam. all the specifics Everything of this else. and which characters you can and can't play, and which games you can and can't stream, and you can't use your Discord integration. Just get the max. Just get the ultra plan. This is speculation at the moment, so we can't say for certain this is what they'll do, but. Get ready for more fragmentation uh, of subscription styles and services. Mm-hmm. A drone crash on a Netflix set causes serious disfigurement to an actor's face. This is not a good story for Netflix, but it got me thinking in general about the risk factor associated with drones. It's not the first time we've heard it. And then also... What the hell is the settlement when you're an actor that will look mm-hmm. different all from that day forward because you have been rearranged by a drone blade? Ugh. Like, what is that settlement? A high-profile Taiwanese actor was badly injured during a Netflix shoot recently when a camera drone collided with his face. Kai Ko suffered what his manager described as serious disfigurement with his injuries requiring as many as 30 stitches to cl- uh, close to his cheekbone. Sound like my broken nose, sort of. I've been disfigured. It wasn't a drone responsible in my case. The accident occurred on December 27th, but has only been recently reported. It took place during the making of a Mandarin language fantasy series called Agent from Above. The show's producers told Variety the crew has restarted work, but Ko has not yet returned to the set. Well, now he has a gash on his face. How do you work that into the storyline? He's had stitches over there. (laughs) <laughs> working in the storyline wouldn't you have to like let's say it's a main character you can't just like what are you gonna do makeup like i don't know to what extent the injury is will yeah we need to see you got to work it in a storyline that's like when an actress gets pregnant in in for a sure. tv show and they have to work it into the storyline dude uh-huh. come on you watch this stuff happen but it does get me thinking all right this is your money maker you're making money with your face he's probably probably a good looking person the main character too probably a good looking person over here and then the drone hits and now you look quite a bit different and you're saying hey give me some cash cuz i can't get these jobs anymore and also the movie has to slow down in production everything it is these insurance policies are we we get a little taste of it sometimes with some videos that we've produced but not to this extent you got to have those heavy insurance packs for these type of things and i mean i hope they can get it sorted out but it really makes you question some of these and and it's movie making right there's risks involved i'm watching the maverick and they got the real jets over there like things can happen no doubt but at the same time, and, I, you know, we heard, you heard about, you remember the one on the movie set in Arizona or whatever with Baldwin and the loaded gun? Mm. At a certain point, you've got to question some of the tactics when you got the injuries associated and so forth. You could have the, the really sick shot, but does it have to be that close to his face? And you're, you're going to be doing the math on this because these things are going to get expensive, I'll tell you that. Yeah. 
last one. Okay, this is another Netflix story. This is uh, the Netflix curse that you never knew existed. Well, did you know there was a Netflix curse? No. Well, it's just obviously speculation, and it probably has nothing to do with anything. It's just people being superstitious, as they would be. There is a new show out, and you might like it. I don't know, because you were such a fan of the FDF1 show. This is the same thing, but for tennis. Same team that did the F1 stuff. They're trying to make you a tennis fan. Is it going to work, Will? I'll give it a shot. Give it a crack. I don't, I, I don't know. Give you something to talk about over here. I don't yeah. know. I'm just... I'll report back. They're pitching it to us, but here's the problem. So far, as they have focused on individual characters in the show, as you would as you go from episode to episode, those characters keep coming up injured. Oh. It's like, oh, they have their big debut in the show, and then, boom, terrible injury keeps them out of the next tournament. How many people? I think it's three at this point. Three. Okay. That's enough to warrant speculation. The latest is Nick... Oh, I can't, I should know how to pronounce that because I've watched his clips on YouTube. Kyrgios? Anyway, he's the latest megastar. He's the guy who gets real fired up and stuff. You've seen him before. Yeah. He's the latest to withdraw from this year's Australian Open, and fans believe the absence of some of the game's biggest faces is down to one thing, the Netflix curse. I don't think you can play the trailer because, I don't know, clearances or whatever. So he was set to show up in the Australian Open, had to pull out due to injury, and he is now part of a list. And there's a tweet, if you scroll down further, where you can see the entirety of the list. Bedosa, Tom ja- Tom Janovic, and now Kyrgios, or Kyrgios. The Netflix curse, hashtag Australian Open. So it's three total. This, the show is called Breakpoint. And it's made, I believe, by the same team. Yeah, the same team that masterminded the popular Formula One Drive to Survive series. It's split into 10 episode episodes, which follow the entire tennis calendar. And the last three stars, or at least three of the stars, have immediately come up injured. Now, it's a sport in which injuries occur quite frequently. So I don't know that we can read into the curse thing. But you know, athletes do tend to be superstitious, Will. Yeah, they might have a certain not all of them, but they might have a certain pattern of preparation. You do something. It's a lot of confidence, right? You got to have a lot of confidence to (laughs) I'm actually not very superstitious as far as like I probably am not superstitious enough as far as uh, sports are concerned. I'll switch everything because I'm so into like trying new things. Oh, really? Yeah. So, I mean, if I really like something, I'll probably stick to it. But when it comes to new stick, because I play hockey, new stick technology, and I'm not playing professionally. If I was playing professionally, Will, then I would be probably really nervous to switch things up. You see guys in the NHL and in in other sports as well, they don't want to change their equipment too frequently Mm. because they're getting paid for it. If things go awry or there's a mishap or they don't finish a play or something, there's money on the line for a professional. I think I can be a little bit less superstitious but uh, certainly it's always integrated into sports and it's in there in fighting and it's in there in baseball and it's uh, probably in there in tennis as well mm-hmm. where you start to notice a pattern and you think to yourself i think you know what the other one was it used to be if you're on the cover of the video game you're gonna have a oh, bad the, season or what was it the madden curse what was the madden curse what was it uh yeah they like apparently like if if they're on the cover that team will lose 
Mm. Yeah. Just lose. And I think there's like the EA curses. Just well. lose in general. Anyway, people, people, when you're working backwards, you can always find these things. You know what I mean? Coincidence. Yeah, you go looking for them. You can always or find these things. But but it just has to get into the head of the athlete, right? If you're about to do the event mm-hmm. and all of a sudden the cameras show up and you know the, you saw the last three guys came up injured, you might just be like, look, man, not today. No, no. Not today. I, I don't know. I got to go perform. Like, I just don't even want to focus on that. Yeah. Whether it's justified or not, it is... Uh, curious. Yes, curious. And it probably won't, won't be the last one of these sports-related curses. I just have never seen one associated with Netflix previously. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting. The Netflix curse. I might check out the show as well. Uh, because I really like the way the F1 one was done. Sure. And all of a sudden... Although that really cooled off after the series ended. Did you continue? No. Yeah. But I think uh, season five's coming up. And you're going back. Yeah, I'll go back. So anyway, tennis is the next target for Netflix. It's an interesting model for them. Mm -hmm. Going after the sports and getting people chatting and talking. And uh, good for them. Thank you very much to everybody who joined here today. Really do appreciate it. Uh, especially appreciate those that are there for the pre-show, helping Willie do, chat about topics, uh, getting to know one another and so forth. We are on a, man, we're on a roll right now. I'll tell you what, um, we're not slowing down anytime soon. And so hopefully we'll see you either on the pre-show or in a, on the live show tomorrow or just catching up with us after the fact or continuing to enjoy our clips on the Clips channel. However you choose to enjoy Lou later, we truly do appreciate it. Thank you for everybody for the super chats as well. And we'll see you very shortly. We'll see you tomorrow, actually. All right. Later.